0: Hello, and welcome to the Wild Heart Meditation Center podcast. We release these episodes every week on Wednesday mornings, and the best way to support us is by clicking subscribe and taking a moment to rate the podcast wherever you are listening. If you'd like to support our efforts to keep the nonprofit Meditation Center open in Nashville, you can donate via Venmo by sending your donation to at Wild Heart Nashville, or you can make a donation through our website wildheartmeditationcenter.org by clicking the donate tab. Peace and love. Hope you enjoy. So some of you all know that a few years ago I went to Burma, which is now called Myanmar, which is a big part of our tradition. Our tradition at Wild Heart is kind of a branch of the Theravadan Thai, or sorry, the Thai forest lineage and the Burmese lineage. And I went on a meditation retreat at this place called Pandita Rama, which is kind of a badass name. It's like Disneyland for Buddhism, but not as fun. (laughs) And Pandita Rama was founded by a revered and well-loved meditation teacher named Saida Upandita. And Upandita was notoriously known for how uh, strict and disciplined his retreat center was. I think he took a sense of pride in how much discipline the monastic community had at the meditation center. And so I was going on retreat, and I was well aware that the schedule is that you wake up at 3 in the morning, and you do about 14, 15 hours of formal meditation a day, and you go to bed around 9.30 at night. And believe it or not, I was excited to go there. And I was excited because I was excited to see a part of our tradition and to see how the Dharma operates in a place where it's been its home for a very long time really since a couple hundred years after the Buddha died So I got on a plane from Atlanta and I flew connecting flights and everything probably 26 28 hours into Bangkok and I arrived at nine o'clock at night which was nine o'clock in the morning something like that back home and I was all disoriented, and I kind of passed out and woke up several times throughout the night. And I woke up in the morning and hopped on a plane to Myanmar. And once in Myanmar, I got in this car. I wasn't sure if it was a taxi or not. Uh, We didn't speak the same language, so I just hopped in this person's car, showed them the address, and we took off. An hour goes by, two hours go by, really hope this is a taxi, (laughs) and finally we get to this rural retreat center, and uh, the person working there, we also didn't speak the same language, so they handed me a key, and they took my passport, and off I went to my little hut in the woods. And I arrived pretty late in the day, and so I got a couple meditation sessions in, I woke up the next morning at 3 a.m., And I did the sitting and the walking and the sitting and the walking for 14 hours. And at nighttime, just like here, we have a Dharma talk. And I listened to the Dharma talk, and then after the Dharma talk, there's a walking period for an hour. And so I started doing the walking, and during the walking, my mind just started, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I just need to go to sleep. And so the bell rang and it was time to do the final sit, which was an hour long. And I decided I'm just going to go rest. You know, I've gone through this crazy amount of travel and I'm excited to be here, but I just, I won't be any use to anyone at three in the morning. And so I start walking down the path and there's this monk just kind of walking back and forth at the end of the path. And I start to get nervous, like, oh, what if he sees me? And I start kind of like walking slower as if I could turn invisible if I walked really <laughs> slow. <laughs> and I felt like a kid trying to get out of the house when I was a teenager. And sure enough, he turns right toward me and he says, hey, where are you going? And I freeze. And all that, the visiting tendencies of shame and aversion and lethargy, they're all there in that moment. I said, I'm going to my room to go to sleep. And he said, oh, no, it's meditation time. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yeah, I know, but I'm going to my room to go to sleep. And he... Stopped and he looked at me right in my eyes, and he held his hands in Anjali, and he said, please try, please try. And my first visiting tendency was the shame. I got caught. I'm getting in trouble. He's telling me what to do. But then the second response was really to meet him in that moment, to see his eyes and to hear his words, please try. What I realized is that please try meant you can do it. I believe in you. You can do it. This feeling of sangha, this, hey, I'm out here for you. I'm keeping an eye on you for you for your awakening. It's kind of like I got this gift at the beginning of a long intensive retreat. This kind of like wink, wink, you got this. You can do this. I'll be here to support you through this. Mikey sometimes talks about this as the gentle assertiveness of the practice. Like the Buddha touching the ground amidst the doubt and the body pain, and the tiredness. It's this kind of, I can sit here, I can stay here even with this experience. I think being with our experience as it is, is a radical act. I think it's an act of courage. Because it's not trying to change what the experience is. It's not requiring anything of it. It's not analyzing it or figuring it out or fixing it. It's opening the citta, the heart and the mind. The practice today, being with. In the metta sutta, one of the qualities that the Buddha describes of the the person who is skilled in goodness and knows the path of peace, he says, is not demanding in nature not requiring this experience to be any other way not demanding that there's more loving kindness not demanding that there's less tiredness not demanding that the mind is not this way or not that way or the sounds are not this way or not that way and not demanding that that's easy either sometimes it's hard And there is something really beautiful about just showing up for it. What's loved, what's longing to be loved. One of the things that I realized, I spoke a little bit about last night, is I had reached this point in my life where I realized that there was no other way. There really is no other choice than to be with this experience. Now don't get me wrong, I still try to figure it out or fix it or change it or do something less boring. As Bhikkhu Bodhi says in his book On the Noble Eightfold Path, he says, with all escape routes blocked, we seek a way to bring our disquietude to an end. There's no escape from this experience. And part of opening to the experience is opening with loving kindness. The naturally radiant, luminous heart. It's already there. That's covered up. It's like giving the heart, the mind, something to... It's generating something that it already is by its very nature. It's like, hey, do you remember your loving nature? The heart's like, nope, not at all. Not in this moment. Well, let's keep just generating it, and maybe the heart will start to recognize that this is in its nature. Maybe it will start to break through some of these coverings around the heart. My first retreat experience was a day retreat that I sat with my teacher, uh, Dave Smith, And it was a whole day of meditation practice on compassion, which is one of the heart practices. And similar to this retreat, we were given phrases. I think we were given probably three phrases to practice throughout the day. And they were something like, may I learn to care for the suffering and confusion in my life. May I be open to the suffering and confusion in my life. And may I meet the suffering and confusion in my life with mercy, with empathy. A bit wordy if you ask me. So I was pummeling my heart with compassion phrases. And sitting there, and sitting there, and sitting there. And I remember during one of the sits, it's like I was trying to get my heart to open And just pushing for it and pushing for it. And out of nowhere, Dave just said this fourth phrase, one that he didn't tell us to say. Or he said, caring is enough. And you already care. In that moment, I learned that experience, not intellectually learned. I felt, I should say, that experience of letting go. The pain hurts, the body cares. The sound hurts, the body cares. The thought's painful. The heart cares already. A little bit of my... uh, Big Lebowski kind of phrase around this is the letting go into the letting be. Letting go of being demanding, demanding my heart to be this way, love this way, demanding this experience to be this way or to be that way. And just really recognizing that in letting our experience be, there's already loving kindness. the practice that we're going to do is the practice that we're continuing from this morning and in every moment and in this moment is being with may I be at ease with this experience may I be at peace with this experience may I be kind and gentle with this experience however it is May this heart be filled with love and kindness. And exploring if being with it can be enough throughout the afternoon, if being with this experience, however it is, can be enough. I like to think of the may I be at ease as really an invitation Not maybe, be at ease, or be at ease, or (laughs) I may be at ease. (laughs) It's like, may I be invited into the experience with ease? So if you want to find a comfortable way to sit, we'll do a short practice together. Just arriving into the experience, it's already here. Maybe taking a couple deep breaths. Diving into the sounds that are already here. This receptive quality of heart, receiving the sounds. I be at ease with the sound. into the sounds that are already here, arriving into the body that's already here, receiving the body through the felt experience, pleasant sensations, unpleasant sensations, neutral sensations. May I be at peace with this body. temperature of the body, the weight of the body, the discomfort in the body, may I be at peace with this body. receiving the body just as it is. Diving into this mind that's already here, receiving the mind. May I be kind and gentle with this mind. Mind is peaceful, may I be kind and gentle with the peaceful mind, the calm mind. If the mind is neutral, may I be kind and gentle with this neutral mind? If the mind is restless or agitated, aversive, tired however this mind is, right now. Just noticing what it's like to receive this mind. into the heart center that's already here maybe feeling the breath at the center of the chest you can put a hand on the center of the chest so receiving the heart center may I be at ease may I be at peace may I be kind and gentle may I be filled with love and kindness in this heart. Whatever is in the heart center is going towards it, receiving it, noticing it, opening to it. May I be filled with loving kindness. in and out of your heart center over and over, may I be at ease, may I be at peace, may I be kind and gentle with myself, may I be filled with loving kindness. May I be at ease. May I be at peace. May I be kind and gentle. May I be filled with loving kindness. may arise, thoughts, sounds, sensations, the mind may wander and then we can include the mind too, may I be at ease with this mind, may I be at peace with this mind, may I be kind and gentle with this mind. I be filled with loving kindness. Encouraging the heart and the mind, you can do it to keep going, to keep opening. Thank you for your practice.